0: today on the marvel cinematic universe podcast we are discussing cloak and dagger season two
1: episode four rabbit hold all that right after this welcome to the marvel cinematic universe podcast my name is matthew carroll and i'm jeff randall jeffrey randall how you doing buddy
0: i'm doing real good, sir. This cloak and dagger show is uh it's delivering it's delivering real hard
1: It really is i I'm constantly impressed um, by how well written and well acted and well like thought out the show is it doesn 't feel like a teen drama and I, and I feel like it doesn't have any right to be this good right <laughs> like,
0: you are on free form. How
1: dare you be this good? <laughs> I, I really like the spoiler alert. I guess for this episode, uh, episode four, um, season two. I just really, really loved the, the the arcs that both characters are going through this episode. Absolutely. Um, one is they're they're just both dealing with like serious issues. Um, one is dealing with like uncovering her own trauma. Like in a really realistic and interesting way. I freaking loved all the stuff with the records and the ones that were so wrapped being yep. ones that she hasn't accessed in a while, I guess. Like, well,
0: oh, what I so what good. I interpreted that as is those are memories that she repressed yeah. and packed away. Absolutely. And
1: that's why they were still shrink-wrapped. That's right. They're, they're, they're memories that she has not accessed. She's She's like... She has them and they're decisions she made that she feels ashamed of, so she yeah. hasn't revisited them or listened to them, as it were. And I just freaking love that. It would it's the kind of thing that would be in a much better show or movie, like for real. Like I just really was impressed uh by that scene. And all three <laughs> records were successively harder to watch. Yeah. And, and like and they had those the imagery of the like I kinda called the one with, 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 when I saw the headphones, I was like, oh, she's going to like ignore something. Yep. Uh, but then I did not get what the handle was going to be. And when it happened, I was totally emotionally invested in that. It's really, really good. Yep. Oh man, the first
0: one, uh, I don't, I don't want to pun too hard, but the first one hit me really hard. Yeah. And uh, the, you know, the, she didn't really have a choice there, at, you no. know, since she was a baby but the the things that were happening in that room with her and then the the choice of song like we've been talking a lot recently about the choice of music and how that really drives the narrative and drives the emotion of the scene and the the choice of song like just in the title was just so it was such a darker take on 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 the the title of that song
1: yeah uh, especially with the they, in the context of the scene. They used Hit Me Baby One More Time, but like a dark, ominous, ver- acoustic version of Hit Me Baby One More Time. Uh, I just, man, I am so impressed. I really am. I, I loved her arc in this episode. Um, they also, the episode had stakes. Like, the fact that uh, Mayhem got pulled in, and you expected her to get Mayhem out, but then she pulls Connors out. After... Tyrone had that whole conversation about how he fears not being able to handle him if he ever gets out. Yep. Ah, it was just so good. And it's because she broke the rules. Like it was all so well established. And I loved the twist of her having to give up her powers to go in. That's like the thing she had to do. And so since she did it, he lost his powers as well. That was such a great twist. Like there's a lot of episodes of shows where (laughs) someone loses their powers and it sort of played for, I don't know, it's just not as well done as it is done here. I'm just really yeah. in love with this show, most of the
0: time you see people losing their powers because it's like either there's something mentally that they have to fight through or like they're just not worthy at the time or whatever, for whatever reason, yeah, but like she had to knowingly give up her powers to 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 move forward to uh to uh, what's the word to resolve this this whole thing. yeah,
1: the only way out is through. It was just a very spiritual take on this whole issue, and I just loved it. What, what
0: did he call it? He called it the Gauntlet of Transactions.
1: Yes, the Gauntlet of Transactions. Ah, oh, I, I still that. I, I wanted to see more of it. She didn't finish the Gauntlet of Transactions. Right? <laughs> I, want, I really wanted more of that. I love those kinds of, like... Gauntlets that people have to go through, the challenges that people have to go through to like reach some spiritual conclusion and like making it a dream like physical world that they have to actually go through these things I, I I really enjoyed those types of uh elements in storytelling and I, i'm just very very impressed with this i I, I feel like all I 'm saying is gushing how good it is and because <laughs> I, I mean that and then yeah Tyrone finally seeing his mother. And uh, her, she had her own arc this episode, where she's having to come to terms with her, her baby being an adult now. Like that's that was this subtle thing, not 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 really subtle. They say it outright, outright over and over. But like it's still just like an arc they included in this episode that they did not have to, you know?
0: Yeah. And then they
1: they showed her like a, they revealed a little bit more of her
0: backstory to yeah. where we really understand that like Tyrone hadn't seen shit compared to
1: her. No, last season she had a gun. And we wondered what that was about, and they never said anything. And this season, she pulls the gun on Tyrone, and then she hotwires a car. She uh, did not hotwire. She uses the the screwdriver. Right, right, right. To, like, forcibly crank it. Yeah, well, whatever. That's, that's, yeah, that's not the same thing, but it's the same thing in my mind. She knows, <laughs> she knows how to steal cars. She steals a car. That is a, That is a skill set. And she said, there's some things you never forget, which means it's something from her youth, probably. Um, that Tyrone knows nothing about, which is, I don't know, makes her all the more intriguing. I may not even follow it very closely. Was the mall Tandy's vision? Or, could she finds mayhem in the mall.
0: The mall was effectively where she was supposed to go. And the way that I, it was kind of, it wasn't very clear, but the way that I, I interpreted it happening is that when she deposited her dagger and got the the token from it, the the receipt, she was able to look through that uh, that right
1: the viewfinder or
0: whatever the viewfinder yeah whatever it's called. Uh, and then you know when she uh, when she
1: when she focused it up to where she could see what she was looking at, she just ended up over there. Okay, yeah, I guess the I guess the question I had was it it seemed like this was Tandy's, um, arc that she's trying to go through this mall. Like, what? It was her challenges that she's facing. Like the mirrors. I I guess it maybe it's just a it's the same mall for everyone because Connors is there too, and everyone just has their own decision to make. Like I'm sure Connors would have seen his own group of reflections and had to choose among a group of reflections. Hmm.
0: Yeah, you have to choose which one you want to be.
1: It, it, that was the other thing. I still didn't understand fully what she was choosing there. That that, that part was a little weak for me because I just didn't understand what, like, what is her decision?
0: All of the mirrors had a different version of her. Yeah, like, one was in ballet costume. One was the one with the dagger.
1: One was in club clothes.
0: One was in club clothes. You know, just the the use, You know, the usual. What do I want to be when I grow up? Kind of thing.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't know. If that fully tracks, that like that's what the decision she was making. I, I don't know. I, I was not clear on that. The records was a very clear.
0: I love that it it was a pun on the the word records, or not really a pun so much as a double meaning there.
1: Right, sure,
0: because it was records of records.
1: Yeah, it was. it was the the her memories. I I really enjoyed the records um, sort of analogy they were using. Um, the mirrors was less. I don't know, less stark to me because I didn't understand exactly what she was having to choose. I almost wish that, uh, that baby Tyrone had shown up and given her some sort of like, just just some word as to what she yeah. had to actually choose.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe that would have been too explicit, but I just didn't know what they were going for with the mirrors exactly.
0: Maybe it's what she wanted her alter ego to be.
1: And because
0: there was only one half of the, uh, the detective o'reilly in there she didn't have an alter ego she was just her she was just me yeah
1: i definitely think that that had something to do with why mayhem didn't have a reflection she didn't have a reflection because she not two parts of her all this either thing. that or
0: she's a vampire
1: yeah that's probably it um she's a vampire yeah. clearly uh, since they since they got split up into she became a vampire yep i dig ah, it man we're good we're good at this yeah we're Nailed really it. great great fan theory uh okay <laughs> well uh we got at least one feedback well as as we said last week we've got tons of game stuff to get to so we're, we're kind of keeping these uh cloak and dagger short um but if you if you guys have things you want to hear more about cloak and dagger write us in uh write write in some stuff but right now we're getting like 500 messages about game, so we're going to get over to that here in a minute uh on this ne- on the next so so we can record that for the next episode drop but uh what, what do we got? Jake Brooke had some feedback about Cloak and Dagger.
0: Yeah, he's going to say uh, an email, Cloak and Dagger Season 2, Episode 4, exclamation mark. First off, so glad that Cloak and Dagger is this good. Really helps in keeping me distracted this last week. Holy shit! Until Endgame. <laughs> I love the parenthetical holy shit there. Yeah, um, <laughs> He says, okay, nitty gritty time. I feel like the show has really come into its own when it comes to balancing its concurrent stories. Shown beautifully this episode with the cuts between Ty telling his mom the story and Tandy learning about the missing girls with mayhem. The music they use in this show is so fucking amazing and love the details of the acoustic rendition of Hit Me Baby One More Time, setting the unsettling tone for Tandy's parents' abusive relationship. But what do you guys think the records really represent?
1: Oh, well, we, we already got into the record representing, I think they represent memories, uh, all of which she had access to, and part of her challenge was she had to go into her memories and... uh Unrepress some things. Deal with some things that she was trying to ignore, and uh, and the, and those things were all related to her. She should have known that her father was abusive based on these three events, but she chose to ignore those things so she could have a memory of her father that was sort of clear of that and sort of deify her father. And and her mother made the same decision for her. Um, so that's I think what they were getting at with the with the records. Do you remember
0: uh, in the last episode when they when they were uh, in the lab with the mice, and um, and one thing that the doctor said there uh, was that she was uh, she was working through or she was trying to kind of like see you know, what happened when things are exposed to this stuff. And then she's also trying to or what happened with the terrors, and she's also trying to unpack some of her trauma from that event. And I think that that is what Tandy had to do here was unpack her trauma from past events.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one thing Jake brings up is the missing girls. I think this has been a really, really beautiful, um, way of getting into this real problem. I I just have really enjoyed it. We've, we talked about it with daredevil, how hell's kitchen feels lived in like the problems feel real because the characters feel real. Um, I know we haven't really gotten to know any of these missing girls, but like it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like they're going after a human trafficker. It's, it feels like they're actually encountering a real problem and there are people in pain and they need to stop that pain.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then when the, uh, when the cops are the way that they are, you know, where the, you know, like the, that one guy, uh, the, what was is the bayside or whatever at the other precinct? Yeah, and he was like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna process her and she's and O'Reilly's like, what? Why are you processing her? He's like, oh, prostitution's still a crime, but you know, if she flips on these guys, then we'll let her off. And she has to say like, no, she's way more terrified of them than than she is of you, and like, what the hell?
1: Yeah. No, and those are some real issues with our criminal justice system. Um, the way that people are coerced into confessions and the way that, um, the power is not even given. uh, It's just the power imbalance is so huge and it's a real problem. Um, and I, I love that this show is tackling those real problems. It, it makes me sad to have to be confronted with it and think about it, um, especially in New Orleans. New Orleans, <laughs> like human trafficking in New Orleans, is a real problem because so many people go down there partying and get there get get taken. Um, like Michaela, like it happens. It's crazy. It's just been really hitting home with me. I, I've really in, enjoyed it. It's it's speaking to real problems. If the characters feel. Uh, real. The world feels very lived in. Um, I just can't wait to see more of this show. I like it.
0: Yep, yep. I'm, every week I'm very pre- pleasantly surprised at how good this show has gotten.
1: Me too, me too.
0: And how good it continues to be. Alright, so Demstope sent us a, a note on, on Twitter. Hey guys, just listened to your recap episode of Cloak & Dagger, Season 2, Episode 3. I didn't make this connection until you talked about O'Reilly's boyfriend in the fridge, but that could explain the flashback scene in which the mayhem version of O'Reilly went berserk on the fridge in her apartment and threw it down the stairs. At first, I thought this scene was a little out of nowhere, but now it makes sense that something as simple as seeing her fridge linked to the dark past of of losing her boyfriend in a brutal way... I thought this was an interesting aha moment I had and wanted to share. Also, it bugged me a little bit that they they never showed the good O'Reilly show up to her apartment and be hella confused as to where her fridge went. (laughs) Thanks for all
1: the great content, guys. Keep it up. That, uh, those are two really good points. Uh, yeah. w- one, one in the show's favor and one not in the show's favor. I love, <laughs> I love the thought that that's why she destroyed the fridge. I did not think of that at all. Uh, yeah, great I thought call. it was just because it was making noise and she was like, you're pissing me off making noise. <laughs> no, not all of us have the problems with our smoke detectors, Jeff.
0: Man. You're,
1: <laughs> you're, tears you're just thing, connecting things it. out of the ceiling. You're just connecting it to yourself. Um, I am. Yeah, uh, but, the, and then the fact that we never see O'Reilly show up at her apartment. I guess it happened the same. I don't know. I, yeah, I have no idea. I don't know what we're supposed to believe about that. Yeah. That is weird. Maybe if,
0: uh, if Mayhem has a, uh, a coming back kind of thing, like coming back out into the world and, and O'Reilly has to, like, merge with her to, to become a whole person again or something, like maybe, maybe we'll get one of those. You know, 242 days ago, and she's just laying in the bed because of the whole flashback sequence. She's laying in the hospital bed, and she has to have, like, a physical therapy session or two or three to get back to fighting form.
1: Why? Because of her fridge? I'm confused. Sorry.
0: No, the the good O'Reilly, docile O'Reilly, was in the hospital
1: oh, okay. after the,
0: the, uh, the shooting incident and falling in the water.
1: Right. Okay. Got confused. Sorry, I didn't understand how that connected with the fridge. Sorry.
0: Yeah, like she she has her little flashback sequences, of like getting back into into form and everything, and then she goes home and she's like, um, "Why is there glass everywhere? And where the hell is my fridge?" Yeah. Uh,
1: somebody- I, I guess I guess you just assume someone broke in. Like I guess if you came home and found your fridge destroyed and torn under the stairs, you just assume. <laughs> It was vandals or cause that actually does happen. Normally they steal stuff, but like in, in, in houses that are left vacant for a long time, like almost always all the copper pipe gets stolen out of them and all of the appliances get stolen out of them. Anything that's easy to sell gets stolen yeah. out of there. <laughs> why, why are there punch marks in my fridge
0: and why is it at the bottom of the stairs?
1: Yeah, that's pretty funny.
0: So. Uh
1: I think we need to move on to some of that end game feedback. Yeah, so we're gonna. Uh, this will be all for this episode. We'll be back. Very, actually, probably almost the same time these two episodes will drop. Um, but uh, we'll be back real soon with more with our uh, end game episode. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, Facebook slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail dot com, or call us at five seven three cast MCU. Thanks so much for checking in with us peace.
0: Until next time, true believers.